Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by O'Share Health. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. And with me today is Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence, uh, probably well familiar to you because she, in her own right, has quite a following. She also does uh, a weekly podcast, uh, which you can download from the usual sources. It appears on social media, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can download it from drhoffman.com, along with my podcasts. So, how you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? Good. You know, in the aftermath of uh, Thanksgiving, I hope you had a nice uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Well, it was quiet. It was just my husband, myself. Okay. Like it was, was quiet, but we had a we had a beautiful feast. Oh, good. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, How about you? Yeah, uh, it was it was small because yeah. uh, you know the family gatherings are are smaller these days. You know, mm. more the the nuclear family and not uh, you know the the extended family. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you know what what ended up happening is uh, we had like an enormous uh, twenty pound turkey, which was great. But I've been wow. I, I've been eating turkey in in various permutations for the past. You know, this is now. As we record this, this is what Tuesday, uh-huh. and and Thursday was Thanksgiving, so mm-hmm. I'm still eating turkey. <laughs> uh, so uh, I I think I did something kind of ingenious last night. I, mm. I just I couldn't, you know, just handle having you know just turkey with gravy, turkey with gravy, turkey with gravy uh, leftovers because there was a lot of leftovers. Car- I just carved that turkey like a yeah. Did you make tetrazzini? <laughs> no. Can you make turkey tetrazzini? <laughs> I don't know. It, I I think it includes noodles. So oh, okay. I, we didn't have turkey. Oh, okay. We're not fans of turkey, so I made a pot roast. You made a pot roast, okay? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I got all excited about this I new Dutch oven. I people bought. think you know because you're a uh, a nutritionist that mm-hmm. you would eat like a tofu turkey ew. and have like a brown rice stuffing or something oh, no. like that. No, no, ew, no. tofu? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I, I used to many years ago. Yeah. I had I had tofurkey. Tofurkey, yeah. I had tofurkey. I've tasted it. Yeah, I'll pass. It was like carved, like very crude. Uh, like a statue of a of a of a turkey. It yeah, was, it, it was to make it like it's like it was a real turkey, and then you would yeah. slice it. It was kind of white, like white meat. Yes, and uh, you know you'd have like uh, 
tamari gravy on it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was mm-hmm. a little sad. A little yeah, sad. it was. That's yeah. very sad. That's you know, I was macrobiotic uh, yeah. many years, you know, yeah. in my thirties. Right. Anyway, so so you had so yeah the so we had pot roast, you know, with carrots and onions, and I braised it for four hours in the oven, and it was delicious. So it, it was, was a celebratory mal- meal. It was a celebratory meal, but. I made the typical fall vegetables, which I roasted in the oven. I roasted turnips. Oh, nice. I roasted sweet potatoes mm-hmm. and butternut squash. Oh, good. And they were just all delicious. Oh, wonderful. To have alongside the pot roast. Did you have cranberry sauce? N- for, on what? <laughs> pot roast. <laughs> <laughs> on the pot roast, yeah. No, but the gravy was delicious. The gravy was almost like a soup, you know, after you skim the fat off the top, it's mm-hmm. a little too oily and all of that kind of thing. Because we had a nice fatty pot roast, which adds to the flavor. But it was like a soup that so, you would use as a base for French onion soup if you wanted. But our starter, my husband's request, was shrimp cocktail. Oh, wow. So I made That's shrimp cocktail. That's very festive, yeah. Yes, yes. But, you know, I have to come up with a better recipe for cocktail sauce because it's too sweet all around, all the time. How do you make I it? I looked at a lot of different recipes. Yeah. There's ketchup there. Yeah. There's uh, chili sauce there. I need more lemon and uh, I need more horseradish. Right. The Worcestershire was okay. The hot sauce was okay, but it was when too you take the ketchup and there's a lot of added sugar, yeah, in, yeah, in ketchup, chili sauce yeah. and ke- and ketchup right. have a lot of sugar in right. there. So we have to take like tomato juice in a saucepan and reduce it down oh. and use that as a ketchup. It's kind of arduous, right? Aren't there sugar-free ketchups available in health well, stores? Well, I'm sure there are, but yeah. I just wasn't interested, and yeah. you know, this yeah. was just yeah. I'm not well, a big this, cocktail sauce fan. That's the way I make. Uh, uh, yeah. I make this the um, shrimp. Uh, you know the dip. The what do you call it? The shrimp sauce mm-hmm. with cocktail uh, three sauce? cocktail sauce with mm-hmm. with uh, I guess the three ingredients, which is the chili sauce, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, with horseradish, of course. Yes. yes. And ketchup. Those three ingredients. Right. And I and you know I kind of like it is sweet because it, it is sweet. And why it's sweet is because our palates are not adjusted to sugar. So oh, we really true. detect the sugar. I said, what is this doing here on yeah. my shrimp? Yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. So I just continued like, using just a drop of that right. with lemon and more horseradish. It's, I even had to add more horseradish to the right. cocktail sauce, but it still wasn't cutting through that sugar. Right. Could you taste the horseradish? Yeah. But then I you, love horseradish. Then you don't, have, you don't have COVID. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I love horseradish. No, I could taste the stuff. Right. Totally. I so, can taste wasabi. So I did something, <laughs> right, I did, which is, we talked about how one of our patients described yeah. how she knew she had uh, COVID is that yeah. uh, she put a big wad of uh, wasabi, wasabi on a spoon and put it on her tongue and she felt, it felt like mashed potatoes. Mm. There's no, no taste whatsoever. I'm just looking over your shoulder, Dr. Hoffman, and it's snowing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Here we are. Okay. Here we are. It's uh, not even November. I mean, right. it's not even uh, December. Yep. Uh, the, I guess, uh, the ultimate day of December. It's so, did you have cranberry of, sauce? Of November. Yes, I had, and I, you know, I have to say, uh, I'm partial to that that jiggly stuff that comes out of the can. Yes. And I, I just, you know, the natural, okay. And I like cranberries sometimes, but I just said, let's not make a whole bunch of this stuff, and let's just one, you know, we'll, we'll just knock ourselves out with a regular. Uh, yes. Cranberry. But I did something ingenious last night because I was confronted with all these turkey, uh, you know, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what can I do to incorporate this? So uh, I made uh, turkey chili, which I've never made. Oh, yeah. And That's I cut, a good the, one. I cut the, the turkey. And it was sort of like bits and pieces, dark meat. And I, uh, I sauteed some onions and I sauteed grim green peppers. Mm-hmm. And then I threw in the turkey. And then I put a, uh, a can of 
Um, Whole tomatoes, tomatoes, but or it was, diced it was these. Uh, what do you call them? grilled tomatoes? Or what do they call? Them? Um, oh, they're they're fire roasted. Fire roasted. Fire roasted, like fire. the San Marzano. Yes, toma- something like that. Fire roasted. Fire roasted tomatoes. And then they add a lot of flavor. Then I added three spices. I added some chili. Mm-hmm. I added a touch of oregano mm-hmm. and a fair amount of cumin because that imparts cumin the, is wonderful. Yeah, that imparts the chili flavor. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I have to like you know go back and forth with the spices. I nailed it. You know, for right Yay. off. You know, and it was great. The chili powder, the oregano, yes, and, and and the cumin. That really, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, in a chili, and, and made it, mm-hmm. it. It was uh, some people don't use oregano. Oregano, I think, gives it a nice. Uh, I don't know. When harmony. you see tomato, you want to yeah. add a little oregano, yeah. but we got to remember it's not Italian. We're doing. You know, yeah. So uh, you know, one of the reasons we're vamping a little bit today <laughs> is because <laughs> I think some of you are a little hungover from uh, Thanksgiving, and it's it's our fault because we you know uh, we did not avail ourselves the opportunity to have a week off. We just plow right through. We do, and we do holiday like, or no holiday. I don't yet. know. We do like maybe fifty out of fifty two weeks. You know, yeah, year. we do. And you know, maybe we'll take a week off for New Year's or something. But we we like enjoy. And then it's like something is amiss. What's going on? Yeah, we, we didn't do a podcast. We enjoy doing. Doing this and so yeah. uh, you know, so we, we keep doing it, and it's yep. easy uh, for us. Uh, but it uh, it depends a little on you, and we want to hear uh, your questions. Yes. And it's been a big news week, and I think a lot of people have concerns about COVID because of the Omicron. Right, that's uh, the next letter in the alphabet, right? We, they think they skipped a letter because it was some letter that was like uh, oh related to to G. G. Yeah, it yes. was. They did not want a like Chinese sounding you know, right letter. sympathetic so, with China. Let's not call right. it a China yeah. So they skipped virus. a letter. Right. It was kind of like in buildings where you have like uh, 11, 12 floors and then fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yes, you know? no thirteenth floor. <laughs> yes. So no no she or no G or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Anyway, so it's Omicron, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know was the letter in the Greek alphabet. I didn't either. Uh, yeah. I would have thought Omega, but Omicron. And, okay. You know, it look, it's um as uh you know, Yogi Berra once said about predicting the future, you know, what was his famous uh, quote? Uh, it's deja vu all over again. Yeah, deja vu all over again. Yeah. Is what he also said, you know, predicting the future. I can Google it. Uh, uh-huh. Yogi, uh, he had a good statement about it. Uh, it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. <laughs> it is inimitable fashion. <laughs> so uh, with Omicron, uh, there's a lot of uh, panic and anxiety about it. And for you know, there's some rationale for that because the scientists now say that the spike protein has been... Uh, mutating to the point where it is likely that you can get a second infection, mm. uh, even if you've had COVID before, and it's also likely that it will evade previous vaccines. Mm. So th- this vaccine thing is really kind of coming to a kind of a, a halt, yeah, uh, kind of a crash because. Uh, not that the vaccines don't have some protective effect. They, they but undoubtedly it's just very do. limited. It's limited and yeah. it's of short duration. And now mm-hmm. we have variants that may evade the vaccine. And it kind of calls into question the vaccine strategy, which was to target very laser-like the spike protein. Yes. And, you know, previous vaccines and natural immunity are immunity to the whole of the virus. And the spike protein has the capability to 
to uh, mutate and it, there's been some genetic drift and you know some people attributed this to not enough people got vaccinated so the the, the vaccine i mean the virus has had a chance to mutate it could also be under the selection pressure of the vaccine yes the the virus because we keep interfering with vaccines and masks and so the virus is is getting more mutate. ingenious mm -hmm. but here's what what i think and again you know it's kind of a, a yogi uh thing about tough it's tough to make predictions especially uh -huh. about the future uh, the spike protein is very small, and it, there's only a certain amount of DNA that gets packed into the uh, the RNA of the mm -hmm. virus that uh, <clears throat> dictates the shape and and characteristics of the spike protein, and so it's it's limited. And when you know the analogy I give is like somebody says, "Look, I want to buy a car, and I got uh, you know thirty thousand dollars, so I want a sunroof." I want a, a, you know, I want it to be like 350 horsepower. I want mag wheels. Uh, I want, you know, like, a, and, and, and the salesman says, look, you know, you're on your budget, $30,000. You know, you can get one or another of these things. Yeah. But you can't get it all. And that's the way it is with the virus. The virus can maybe increase its transmissibility. Yes. But it may be at the expense of its virulence. Mm -hmm. There is a tendency for viruses like the 1918 flu pandemic. It got weaker. Yeah. It got weaker ultimately. Mm -hmm. And that is for a good reason because viruses that kill people uh, tend to exhaust their hosts. And yes. it's not good for the virus's survival to kill off everybody. Because if they need a host to, to survive itself. Yeah. And if they kill all the hosts, they can't, the virus can't survive. And if, and if a virus can adapt so it can infect people again and again every year, that's, that's a good thing for the virus. That's a good strategy for viruses. Right. But you know that's that like the yearly flu. If that person dies in 2020, then no good. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. like the reservoir of infected people declines. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking that Omicron may not be so bad, and uh, you know I'm I'm hoping for the best. Uh, but it also means that the vaccine manufacturers are going to have to do a quick, uh, a quick dance to. Uh, use that RNA platform to come up with a modified vaccine, which I think will be available within maybe a very few weeks or a few mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. uh, which or will maybe be, even a pill. Which will target. Well, the pills now are available. The pills, uh, you know, there was a concern with the Merck pill, that the Merck pill yeah. kind of messes with your DNA. Uh, oh. It's, you know, and it may not just be messing with viral DNA. It may mess with human DNA. There was some safety concerns about it. The Pfizer pill, less so, because it works on a different principle. And those pills will be available within, you know, in 2022. They will be made generally, because the government yeah. is stockpiling these pills and there'll be a lot of those. Um, well, what about the booster shots? Oh, the booster shots, I think, you know, as, as I've written, is, you know, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and yes. looking for a different result. Uh, I think the booster shots are warranted for people who are at risk because they do sort of uh, reinvigorate their immunity a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the question is, uh, will there come a point where the booster shots, you know, would they just authorize booster shots now for, for 16 year olds? Oh. Mm -hmm. And they're also saying you should get a booster shot now in three months mm -hmm. instead of six months if you're at risk, whatever that means. So people will be taking these shots very frequently. Four times a year. Very frequently. Yeah. And what could that do to their immune system? I, I've, I've heard a couple of cases of people who do okay with, with shots one and two, but then the booster, you know, really threw them for a loop because mm -hmm. they were already primed for immunity to COVID 
and then they got uh, like a hyper immune response to the mm-hmm. vaccine. Usually the more you take in short succession, unless your immunity wanes, the more your immune system will say, oh my God, here comes the invader. Yes. You know, and yeah. Yes, 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 yes. There's a problem with, with especially children taking the first shot after they've had COVID, they already have antibodies. They take the first shot and it almost feels like a second shot, which is very interesting. But before we get into all of that, yes. it might be time to- for a word. From one of our sponsors. Oh, thank you for reminding me, Layla. Let's hear from one of our sponsors. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD Plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And uh, while we're discussing COVID, uh, let me tell you what's uh, on my reading list for Christmas. You mm. know, there's going to be some downtime and uh, people are going to, you know, sit by uh, the fireplace and do some cozy reading. And uh, among the things that uh, I've queued up for my uh, Christmas reading, it's a little bit of a busman's holiday because, uh, you know, sometimes I like escapist stuff, you know, like um, I, I have uh, a new a book about um, uh, the tank battles in World War II by one of my favorite authors, uh, James Holland, who mm. is a historian, a British historian, is quite good. Uh, and I have a book, uh, Crazy Horse and Custer. But before I get to those... That's, those books are dessert. I got three uh, heavy, yeah. t- heavy tomes to read. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, there's the RFK book, The Real Anthony Fauci. Ooh. Now, RFK That's is, one on my list to read. Yeah. Now, RFK is notorious mm-hmm. because he is, you know, they sometimes say, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. That's like saying- you But know, he's not. But, he, well, if, if, I mean, people who talk about the downsides of the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but yeah. I talk about the limitations of the vaccine. I'm certainly not an anti-vaxxer. He, frankly, is kind of an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. You know, before COVID, he was... But, so I, re- I, I, I got the book with a little mixed uh, emotions. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see what was in it. But I got to tell you, it is a very scholarly, comprehensive work. He's very good and about that. He yeah. is an excellent writer, mm-hmm. or as he's got a good team mm-hmm. around him, Children's uh, Health Defense, I believe, is his website. Yeah, and uh, he, he, but he he amasses all the facts about this. He does, and you know, it's an indictment of Fauci, but more uh, an indictment of since Fauci, by his own admission, embodies science mm. and the medical establishment. It's an it's an indictment of the medical establishment, sure, and the uh, the pharmaceutical uh, government uh, media nexus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and political nexus, yes, uh, which is surrounds COVID. Yeah. You know, it, it's sort of like the military-industrial complex, but it's the pharmaceutical, industrial, political, media mm. complex. 
this conversation is so far away from almost two years ago of a conversation we could have had about any of this. I mean, back then it was all panic, but now a lot of truth, a lot of, a lot of things are being revealed. Yeah. In all of this. And, read, and, and so also on my reading list. Which is very encouraging. Yeah. Is, uh, the book A Plague Upon Our House by Scott Atlas. Now, Scott Atlas, if you remember, was the yeah. advisor to, uh, President Trump. Mm-hmm. And Scott Atlas was a pro vaccine. He mm-hmm. actually pro vaccine. Yes. But he was also about, uh, you know, keeping, uh, society functioning and keeping kids in school and right, not locking you know, down. Taking more of a, a Swedish approach to the uh, pandemic, and you know Sweden has been criticized early on for allowing things to kind of a letter rip approach. You know that they didn't have a lockdown, mm-hmm. but as I've explained, it's sort of like the long short road versus the short long road. The the the, the short long road uh, is they. Uh, experienced a lot of pain and their statistics were worse at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. At the end of the pandemic, they're out of the woods and they didn't lock down their society. And the other European countries are having quite a, you know, a fourth or fifth, uh, surge. Well, they're having the surge, as you said earlier, Dr. Hoffman, when we intervene with it, with lockdowns and so forth, the virus will tend to mutate and change. It wants to survive. So therefore, the response has been with all of these is has been more waves yeah. of the virus, right? And so the 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 long short road, yeah, uh, was to you know lock everything down, lock everything down, lock everything down, and then fewer people got exposed, and then the vaccine came along. But there fewer people acquired natural immunity, and now in some of those countries which have been highly vaccinated, like Germany and you know France and UK. We're seeing uh, a fourth or fifth wave. Yeah. So then there's a book by Alex Berenson, mm. uh, who is a favorite on, uh, frankly, on right wing media, uh, Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives. Mm. And um, he, uh, you know, I haven't gotten to that book yet, but it's on my reading list. And, you know, I think those are uh, thought provoking critiques of the way we've been doing this. But you know, was there a right way? And the answer is, you know, we we feel like we've exerted control over this. Yeah. We have the illusion of control. In 1918, they knew they had no control, mm-hmm. and they just powered through it. Now, they did have masking, and they did have precautions and so on. Uh, they had less tools. They had, you know, less medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, they powered through it. Now, yeah. uh, m- millions of people died in 1918. It was devastating. Yeah. And what was interesting about 1918 is, in a sense, it was worse because a lot of really young people died. It was not so much the old people who died. Mm-hmm. It, the, this virus had the characteristic of of uh, hitting people with strong immune systems because the stronger their immune system was, the stronger the reaction was to the virus, yes. and the, the faster they deteriorated. And people with a weak immune system seemed to, you know, seemed to weather it a little better. I read a very, I just finished reading The Invisible Rainbow by Dr. Arthur Fersenberg. And I have to say, I have to preface it by saying that it may be the most important book I've read in my career. Wow. Now, it talks about electromagnetic radiation, radio frequency radiation, and all the different things that cause these types of plagues and pandemics. And he's done a beautiful job of laying out uh chronologically everything that's happened and what i found and for those who 
haven't read the book or don't have the book or don't want to buy a book, if you subscribe to the Townsend Letter, mm -hmm. the journal, the Townsend Letter, in the November issue, That's a good summary. it's in shorts yeah. by Jules Clot Clotter. Clotter, Clotter. By Jules mm -hmm. Cl yes. Read that. Well, it's a wonderful synopsis so, of it. So There was no evidence of contagion in the 1980 flu. They tried. They tried it with horses. They tried it with people. So it didn't obey what's they, called Koch's postulate, which exactly. is they could not find a microbe. Yeah. They could not they infect. They put sick people they together. They couldn't culture it. They put paper bags right. of people coughing into right. healthy people, putting the same paper. Right. They could not prove actual contagion. So what they're saying is that there may be some environmental factors. Exactly. Right. So this is interesting because yeah. we, we were faced with the paradox Mm -hmm. That in Africa, mm -hmm. and in, you know, I look at the, I sometimes look at the daily toll, you know, because mm -hmm. you can kind of look through that and you can look at where's the hot spots, you know, if you're planning to go somewhere or something. And, uh, you look at the third world, and the third world, uh, with some exceptions, I mean, countries like Brazil, which is really kind of not so third world, yeah. it's more, I think people in Brazil have a high rate of obesity and they eat a lot of processed foods and mm -hmm. so on. Uh, those countries are getting hit very hard, but countries that are really the third world mm -hmm. in Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, doing pretty well. So what are the factors? Is it diet? Is it the fact that they've had a lot of infections? I looked at the country of, um, uh, let's see, it's Mali. Mali. Yes. Mali is in, you know, western sub-Saharan Africa. It's a desert-like area. Yeah. They have a high incidence of something called river blindness. And they have a program where they give people ivermectin regularly. Wow. They have vanishingly small deaths from COVID uh -huh. in that country. Yeah. Now, it may be that the people are not obese. It may be that the, there's no electromagnetic. I mean, they don't, that yes. country's not wired, you know, yeah. for EMFs. Yeah. Um, who, who knows what, so that needs to be studied. That really needs to be studied before mm -hmm. the next pandemic. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this, all the, the effort and energy is on very targeted pharmaceuticals and vaccines mm -hmm. that, you know, interfere with the virus rather than looking at the terrain. Yes. You know, the, the, we have to look at the terrain. We have to look at the terrain. What, what is the terrain that's, that's creating this? Yeah. All right. We have a question, I think, on that. <gasps> we that do. Subject, but we'll we let's do. take it up in part two. We will. Okay. Uh, wow. Mm -hmm. We blew through that part one. <laughs> and I just want to remind you, uh, this is your opportunity to get a question because you sent us a question. Is going well, we were going to. You're going to hear it on the next uh, Q and A. Yeah, virtually guaranteed. Uh, so, radio program at AOL.com. Question or comment? Certainly, comments are welcome. Sure. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. And I know Christmas is a busy time, and uh, many of you are, you know, beleaguered. But um, let's hear from you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. We'll be right back.